Section thirty seven of the Brothers Karamazov by Fyodor Dostoevsky. Translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Bruce Peary. Book five, chapter six. For a while, a very obscure one and ivan on parting from alyosha went home to fyodor pavlovitch's house but strange to say he was overcome by insufferable depression which grew greater at every step he took towards the house there was nothing strange in his being depressed what was strange was that ivan could not have said what was the cause of it he had often been depressed before and there was nothing surprising at his feeling so at such a moment when he had broken off with everything that had brought him here and was preparing that day to make a new start and enter upon a new unknown future he would again be as solitary as ever and though he had great hopes and great too great expectations from life he could not have given any definite account of his hopes his expectations or even his desires yet at that moment though the apprehension of the new and unknown certainly found place in his heart what was worrying him was something quite different is it loathing for my father's house he wondered quite likely i am so sick of it and though it's the last time i shall cross its hateful threshold still i loathe it no it's not that either is it the parting with alyosha and the conversation i had with him for so many years i've been silent with the whole world and not deigned to speak and all of a sudden i reel off a rigmarole like that it certainly might have been the youthful vexation of youthful inexperience and vanity vexation at having failed to express himself especially with such a being as alyosha on whom his heart had certainly been reckoning no doubt that came in that vexation it must have done indeed but yet that was not it that was not it either i feel sick with depression and yet i can't tell what i want better not think perhaps ivan tried not to think but that too was no use what made his depression so vexatious and irritating was that it had a kind of casual external character he felt that some person or thing seemed to be standing out somewhere just as something will sometimes obtrude itself upon the eye and though one may be so busy with work or conversation that for a long time one does not notice it yet it irritates and almost torments one till at last one realizes and removes the offending object often quite a trifling and ridiculous one some article left about in the wrong place a handkerchief on the floor a book not replaced on the shelf and so on at last feeling very cross and ill-humoured ivan arrived home and suddenly about fifteen paces from the garden gate he guessed what was fretting and worrying him on a bench in the gateway the valet smerdyakov was sitting enjoying the coolness of the evening and at the first glance at him ivan knew that the valet smerdyakov was on his mind and that it was this man that his soul loathed it all dawned upon him suddenly and became clear just before when alyosha had been telling him of his meeting with smerdyakov he had felt a sudden twinge of gloom and loathing 
which had immediately stirred responsive anger in his heart afterwards as he talked smerdyakov had been forgotten for the time but still he had been in his mind and as soon as ivan parted with alyosha and was walking home the forgotten sensation began to obtrude itself again is it possible that a miserable contemptible creature like that can worry me so much he wondered with insufferable irritation it was true that ivan had come of late to feel an intense dislike for the man especially during the last few days he had even begun to notice in himself a growing feeling that was almost of hatred for the creature perhaps this hatred was accentuated by the fact that when ivan first came to the neighbourhood he had felt quite differently then he had taken a marked interest in smerdyakov and had even thought him very original he had encouraged him to talk to him though he had always wondered at a certain incoherence or rather restlessness in his mind and could not understand what it was that so continually and insistently worked upon the brain of the contemplative they discussed philosophical questions and even how there could have been light on the first day when the sun moon and stars were only created on the fourth day and how that was to be understood but ivan soon saw that though the sun moon and stars might be an interesting subject yet that it was quite secondary to smerdyakov and that he was looking for something altogether different in one way and another he began to betray a boundless vanity and a wounded vanity too and that ivan disliked it had first given rise to his aversion later on there had been trouble in the house grushenka had come on the scene and there had been the scandals with his brother dmitri they discussed that too but though smerdyakov always talked of that with great excitement it was impossible to discover what he desired to come of it there was in fact something surprising in the illogicality and incoherence of some of his desires accidentally betrayed and always vaguely expressed smerdyakov was always inquiring putting certain indirect but obviously premeditated questions but what his object was he did not explain and usually at the most important moment he would break off and relapse into silence or pass to another subject but what finally irritated ivan most and confirmed his dislike for him was the peculiar revolting familiarity which smerdyakov began to show more and more markedly not that he forgot himself and was rude on the contrary he always spoke very respectfully yet he had obviously begun to consider goodness knows why that there was some sort of understanding between him and ivan fyodorovitch he always spoke in a tone that suggested that those two had some kind of compact some secret between them that had at some time been expressed on both sides only known to them and beyond the comprehension of those around them but for a long time ivan did not recognize the real cause of his growing dislike and he had only lately realized what was at the root of it with a feeling of disgust and irritation he tried to pass in at the gate without speaking or looking at smerdyakov 
but smerdyakov rose from the bench and from that action alone ivan knew instantly that he wanted particularly to talk to him ivan looked at him and stopped and the fact that he did stop instead of passing by as he meant to the minute before drove him to fury with anger and repulsion he looked at smerdyakov's emasculate sickly face with the little curls combed forward on his forehead his left eye winked and he grinned as if to say where are you going you won't pass by you see that we two clever people have something to say to each other ivan shook get away miserable idiot what have i to do with you was on the tip of his tongue but to his profound astonishment he heard himself say is my father still asleep or has he waked he asked the question softly and meekly to his own surprise and at once again to his own surprise sat down on the bench for an instant he felt almost frightened he remembered it afterwards smerdyakov stood facing him his hands behind his back looking at him with assurance and almost severity his honor is still asleep he articulated deliberately you were the first to speak not i he seemed to say i am surprised at you sir he added after a pause dropping his eyes affectedly setting his right foot forward and playing with the tip of his polished boot why are you surprised at me ivan asked abruptly and sullenly doing his utmost to restrain himself and suddenly realizing with disgust that he was feeling intense curiosity and would not on any account have gone away without satisfying it why don't you go to chermashnia sir smerdyakov suddenly raised his eyes and smiled familiarly why i smile you must understand of yourself if you are a clever man his screwed-up left eye seemed to say why should i go to chermashnia ivan asked in surprise smerdyakov was silent again fyodor pavlovitch himself has so begged you to he said at last slowly and apparently attaching no significance to his answer i put you off with a secondary reason he seemed to suggest simply to say something damn you speak out what you want ivan cried angrily at last passing from meekness to violence smerdyakov drew his right foot up to his left pulled himself up but still looked at him with the same serenity and the same little smile substantially nothing but just by way of conversation another silence followed they did not speak for nearly a minute ivan knew that he ought to get up and show anger and smerdyakov stood before him and seemed to be waiting as though to see whether he would be angry or not so at least it seemed to ivan at last he moved to get up smerdyakov seemed to seize the moment i'm in an awful position ivan fyodorovitch i don't know how to help myself he said resolutely and distinctly and at his last word he sighed ivan fyodorovitch sat down again they are both utterly crazy they are no better than little children 
smerdyakov went on i am speaking of your parent and your brother dmitri fyodorovitch here fyodor pavlovitch will get up directly and begin worrying me every minute has she come why hasn't she come and so on up till midnight and even after midnight and if agrafena alexandrovna doesn't come for very likely she does not mean to come at all then he will be at me again to-morrow morning why hasn't she come when will she come as though i were to blame for it on the other side it's no better as soon as it gets dark or even before your brother will appear with his gun in his hands look out you rogue you soup-maker if you miss her and don't let me know she's been i'll kill you before anyone when the night's over in the morning he too like fyodor pavlovitch begins worrying me to death why hasn't she come will she come soon and he too thinks me to blame because his lady hasn't come and every day and every hour they get angrier and angrier so that i sometimes think i shall kill myself in a fright i can't depend upon them sir and why have you meddled why did you begin to spy for dmitri fyodorovitch said ivan irritably how could i help meddling though indeed i haven't meddled at all if you want to know the truth of the matter i kept quiet from the very beginning not daring to answer but he pitched on me to be his servant he has had only one thing to say since i'll kill you you scoundrel if you miss her i feel certain sir that i shall have a long fit to-morrow what do you mean by a long fit a long fit lasting a long time several hours or perhaps a day or two once it went on for three days i fell from the garret that time the struggling ceased and then began again and for three days i couldn't come back to my senses fyodor pavlovitch sent for herzenstube the doctor here and he put ice on my head and tried another remedy too i might have died but they say one can't tell with epilepsy when a fit is coming what makes you say you will have one to-morrow ivan inquired with a peculiar irritable curiosity that's just so you can't tell beforehand besides you fell from the garret then i climb up to the garret every day i might fall from the garret again to-morrow and if not i might fall down the cellar steps i have to go into the cellar every day too ivan took a long look at him you are talking nonsense i see and i don't quite understand you he said softly but with a sort of menace do you mean to pretend to be ill to-morrow for three days eh smerdyakov who was looking at the ground again and playing with the toe of his right foot set the foot down moved the left one forward and grinning articulated if i were able to play such a trick that is pretend to have a fit and it would not be difficult for a man accustomed to them i should have a perfect right to use such a means to save myself from death for even if agrafena alexandrovna comes to see his father while i am ill his honour can't blame a sick man for not telling him he'd be ashamed to hang it all ivan cried his face working with anger why are you always in such a funk for your life all my brother dmitri's threats are only hasty words and mean nothing he won't kill you it's not you he'll kill 
he'd kill me first of all like a fly but even more than that i am afraid i shall be taken for an accomplice of his when he does something crazy to his father why should you be taken for an accomplice they'll think i am an accomplice because i let him know the signals as a great secret what signals whom did you tell confound you speak more plainly i'm bound to admit the fact smerdyakov drawled with pedantic composure that i have a secret with fyodor pavlovitch in this business as you know yourself if only you do know it he has for several days past locked himself in as soon as night or even evening comes on of late you've been going upstairs to your room early every evening and yesterday you did not come down at all and so perhaps you don't know how carefully he has begun to lock himself in at night and even if grigory vassilievitch comes to the door he won't open to him till he hears his voice but grigory vassilievitch does not come because i wait upon him alone in his room now that's the arrangement he made himself ever since this to-do with agrafena alexandrovna began but at night by his orders i go away to the lodge so that i don't get to sleep till midnight but am on the watch getting up and walking about the yard waiting for agrafena alexandrovna to come for the last few days he's been perfectly frantic expecting her what he argues is she is afraid of him dmitri fyodorovitch mitya as he calls him and so says he she'll come the back way late at night to me you look out for her says he till midnight and later and if she does come you run up and knock at my door or at the window from the garden knock at first twice rather gently and then three times more quickly then says he i shall understand at once that she has come and will open the door to you quietly another signal he gave me in case anything unexpected happens at first two knocks and then after an interval another much louder then he will understand that something has happened suddenly and that i must see him and he will open to me so that i can go and speak to him that's all in case agrafena alexandrovna can't come herself but sends a message besides dmitri fyodorovitch might come too so i must let him know he is near his honour is awfully afraid of dmitri fyodorovitch so that even if agrafena alexandrovna had come and were locked in with him and dmitri fyodorovitch were to turn up anywhere near at the time i should be bound to let him know at once knocking three times so that the first signal of five knocks means agrafena alexandrovna has come while the second signal of three knocks means something important to tell you his honour has shown me them several times and explained them and as in the whole universe no one knows of these signals but myself and his honour so he'd open the door without the slightest hesitation and without calling out he is awfully afraid of calling out aloud well those signals are known to dmitri fyodorovitch too now how are they known did you tell him how dared you tell him it was through fright i did it how could i dare to keep it back from him dmitri fyodorovitch kept persisting every day you are deceiving me you are hiding something from me i'll break both your legs for you 
so i told him those secret signals that he might see my slavish devotion and might be satisfied that i was not deceiving him but was telling him all i could if you think that he'll make use of those signals and try to get in don't let him in but if i should be laid up with a fit how can i prevent him coming in then even if i dared prevent him knowing how desperate he is hang it how can you be so sure you are going to have a fit confound you are you laughing at me how could i dare laugh at you i am in no laughing humour with this fear on me i feel i am going to have a fit i have a presentiment fright alone will bring it on confound it if you are laid up grigory will be on the watch let grigory know beforehand he will be sure not to let him in i should never dare to tell grigory vassilievitch about the signals without orders from my master and as for grigory vassilievitch hearing him and not admitting him he has been ill ever since yesterday and marfa ignatyevna intends to give him medicine to-morrow they've just arranged it it's a very strange remedy of hers marfa ignatyevna knows of a preparation and always keeps it it's a strong thing made from some herb she has the secret of it and she always gives it to grigory vassilievitch three times a year when his lumbago's so bad he is almost paralyzed by it then she takes a towel wets it with the stuff and rubs his whole back for half an hour till it's quite red and swollen and what's left in the bottle she gives him to drink with a special prayer but not quite all for on such occasions she leaves some for herself and drinks it herself and as they never take strong drink i assure you they both drop asleep at once and sleep sound a very long time and when grigory vassilievitch wakes up he is perfectly well after it but marfa ignatyevna always has a headache from it so if marfa ignatyevna carries out her intention to-morrow they won't hear anything and hinder dmitri fyodorovitch they'll be asleep what a rigmarole and it all seems to happen at once as though it were planned you'll have a fit and they'll both be unconscious cried ivan but aren't you trying to arrange it so broke from him suddenly and he frowned threateningly how could i and why should i when it all depends on dmitri fyodorovitch and his plans if he means to do anything he'll do it but if not i shan't be thrusting him upon his father and why should he go to father especially on the sly if as you say yourself agrafena alexandrovna won't come at all ivan went on turning white with anger you say that yourself and all the while i've been here i've felt sure it was all the old man's fancy and the creature won't come to him why should dmitri break in on him if she doesn't come speak i want to know what you are thinking you know yourself why he'll come what's the use of what i think his honour will come simply because he is in a rage or suspicious on account of my illness perhaps and he'll dash in as he did yesterday through impatience to search the rooms to see whether she hasn't escaped him on the sly 
he is perfectly well aware too that fyodor pavlovitch has a big envelope with three thousand roubles in it tied up with ribbon and sealed with three seals on it is written in his own hand to my angel grushenka if she will come to which he added three days later for my little chicken there's no knowing what that might do nonsense cried ivan almost beside himself dmitri won't come to steal money and kill my father to do it he might have killed him yesterday on account of grushenka like the frantic savage fool he is but he won't steal he is in very great need of money now the greatest need ivan fyodorovitch you don't know in what need he is smerdyakov explained with perfect composure and remarkable distinctness he looks on that three thousand as his own too he said so to me himself my father still owes me just three thousand he said and besides that consider ivan fyodorovitch there is something else perfectly true it's as good as certain so to say that agrafena alexandrovna will force him if only she cares to to marry her the master himself i mean fyodor pavlovitch if only she cares to and of course she may care to all i've said is that she won't come but maybe she's looking for more than that i mean to be mistress here i know myself that samsonov her merchant was laughing with her about it telling her quite openly that it would not be at all a stupid thing to do and she's got plenty of sense she wouldn't marry a beggar like dmitri fyodorovitch so taking that into consideration ivan fyodorovitch reflect that then neither dmitri fyodorovitch nor yourself and your brother alexey fyodorovitch would have anything after the master's death not a rouble for agrafena alexandrovna would marry him simply to get hold of the whole all the money there is but if your father were to die now there'd be some forty thousand for sure even for dmitri fyodorovitch whom he hates so for he's made no will dmitri fyodorovitch knows all that very well a sort of shudder passed over ivan's face he suddenly flushed then why on earth he suddenly interrupted smerdyakov do you advise me to go to Chermashnya? what did you mean by that if i go away you see what will happen here ivan drew his breath with difficulty precisely so said smerdyakov softly and reasonably watching ivan intently however what do you mean by precisely so ivan questioned him with a menacing light in his eyes restraining himself with difficulty i spoke because i felt sorry for you if i were in your place i should simply throw it all up rather than stay on in such a position answered smerdyakov with the most candid air looking at ivan's flashing eyes they were both silent you seem to be a perfect idiot and what's more an awful scoundrel too ivan rose suddenly from the bench he was about to pass straight through the gate but he stopped short and turned to smerdyakov something strange followed ivan in a sudden paroxysm bit his lip clenched his fists and in another minute would have flung himself on smerdyakov the latter anyway noticed it at the same moment started and shrank back 
but the moment passed without mischief to smerdyakov and ivan turned in silence as it seemed in perplexity to the gate i am going away to moscow to-morrow if you care to know early to-morrow morning that's all he suddenly said aloud angrily and wondered himself afterwards what need there was to say this then to smerdyakov that's the best thing you can do he responded as though he had expected to hear it except that you can always be telegraphed for from moscow if anything should happen here ivan stopped again and again turned quickly to smerdyakov but a change had passed over him too all his familiarity and carelessness had completely disappeared his face expressed attention and expectation intent but timid and cringing haven't you something more to say something to add could be read in the intent gaze he fixed on ivan and couldn't i be sent for from chermashnia too in case anything happened ivan shouted suddenly for some unknown reason raising his voice from chermashnia too you could be sent for smerdyakov muttered almost in a whisper looking disconcerted but gazing intently into ivan's eyes only moscow is farther and chermashnia is nearer is it to save my spending money on the fair or to save my going so far out of my way that you insist on chermashnia precisely so muttered smerdyakov with a breaking voice he looked at ivan with a revolting smile and again made ready to draw back but to his astonishment ivan broke into a laugh and went through the gate still laughing anyone who had seen his face at that moment would have known that he was not laughing from lightness of heart and he could not have explained himself what he was feeling at that instant he moved and walked as though in a nervous frenzy End of section 37